Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. I'm really excited about this episode. I learned a lot about commercial appraisals from Mark Davis, CEO and co-founder of a company called Real Quantum. They're looking to really change the way how we handle commercial appraisals. And I feel like they're on to something. Uh, there's all this so this thing to remember that, that the more boring an industry might sound, the bigger the opportunity. And Mark touches on that a little bit. Uh, as to the backstory of how they got started, but I'll also really admire, and you'll have to pay attention to in this episode, the heart and soul behind Real Quantum as a business. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Well, hey, Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, Nate. Thanks for having me. All right. Hey, thanks. I uh, appreciate you joining us. And uh, I want to give you the first the opportunity. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Let everyone know who you are and what you do. Yeah. Okay. So Mark Davis, CEO of Real Quantum. Uh, I'm uh, located here in uh, fabulous Kansas City. Uh, we have, um, uh, we have a, a, a fine company of partners here who have come together to create a very interesting and helpful product for the commercial real estate industry. Uh, uh, by background, actually, I'm an engineer and I've got, uh, I got about 30 years of software development, design, architecture. I consult with Fortune 500 companies and now um, I bring all of that uh, for good or or bad. I bring all of that to bear here on uh, Real Quantum. That's awesome. That's uh, a pretty eclectic background to bring into the industry. Um, now, you guys, the, the company is relatively young. When did you guys start the company? Yeah, so we started uh, three years ago in May, um, and uh, you know it was uh, an original five founders, so four uh, commercial appraisers and me. So I was really the one who wasn't in on the joke. <laughs> they all knew how hard this problem was. I did not. Uh, we sent brought, since brought together uh, a good balance of uh, high-performing, uh, amazing technical players, along with some of the highest designated, most respected appraisers in the industry to put together a very balanced company. Yeah. So, okay. So you're the only one who's been left out uh, of the of the dark, so, or you're left in the dark, so to speak here. Uh, how did you get roped into this? What, what's the storyline there? <laughs> so uh, a friend of mine and I uh, were, uh, were sitting as usual, enjoying a cup of coffee. And um, uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty common for him to, to carry on about how hard his job was, how awful the software was. And I finally just said, okay, I'll bite. Tell me the whole story. Um, and after about 30 minutes, um, I said, look, dude, you got to flip the script. Think about how many, how many companies you have to compete with here in the Kansas City metro. How many is that? And he said something like 20. It was a big number. And then I asked, how many software competitors would there be nationally if you went into that business? And he said, well, really just two. And hmm. then my famous next words were, I'll give you a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, and here we are. Yep, and that minute lasted uh, several years already. Three years later, <laughs> right. 
So what's the big problem you guys are trying to solve? Uh, the problem is that uh, commercial real estate appraisal function, the job, is really hard. It's incredibly complicated. Um, it's nothing like residential at all. Uh, you have to be able to appraise everything from a patch of dirt to a skyscraper. Uh, and one piece of software to handle that incredible range of different property types uh, is really hard to build. But doing that job takes an incredible amount of continuing education. It's hard to become an appraiser, uh, and it's hard to stay good uh, at that job. Uh, it's, uh, it's really a crime if your tools let you down. Uh, mm. That's why uh, our product came into being. It actually makes me think then that any creative engineer actually makes your job that much harder as they want to create a new and unique building or something that hasn't been done before that I can see how that, that would introduce all new, all sorts of new challenges for you guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it certainly can. Uh, so, you know, every little, every little twist, every little nuance, every one thing nobody's ever seen before uh, can certainly affect the value of a property and, takes a lot of experience to know whether that effect is big, small, up, down, stuff. So for those of us who are not commercial appraisers and maybe even those who don't own commercial property or even invest in commercial property at all, uh, why, why does this matter? How does this affect everyone else who's not directly in this business? Right. So this is one of those invisible jobs that, uh, that the world would absolutely come to a screeching halt over if it didn't happen. Um, it's the commercial appraisal that makes the commercial lending process possible. When a developer comes to a lender with a development idea and asks for a loan, before that loan can be let, the, the lender then has to go out and seek an independent and, um, uh, and certifiable appraisal. They have to go out and get a legally recognized appraisal. Um, if that appraisal is slow or if that appraisal is wrong, then there are going to be all kinds of problems in that ecosystem. So mm -hmm. it all stands or falls over the quality of that appraisal. If it gets done, nobody notices. If it doesn't get done, big problems. Sounds like a thankless job. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in the shadows. So, okay, so um, there's got to be a lot of people, or are there a lot of people doing this? Uh, it sounds like, you know, quite a bit of training to do this. So, What's the size of the market for people who would be using real quantum? Yeah, it's it's tough to get into the business. So uh, uh, currently, to become uh, an appraiser with the highest de designation, it's called an MAI, member of the Appraisal Institute. Um, to to reach that level of designation, it takes a four year degree, three years of apprenticeship under another MAI, um, and then a test, and then a trial appraisal. So the whole process can take seven, eight years end to end if your goal is to become an appraiser. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not a quick process. It's a lot like becoming an engineer, a professional engineer, actually. Mm. Uh, a lot of similarities. Uh, but if you, uh, if you actually go out and, uh, and count the number of people who are involved here in the U.S., uh, you're looking at uh, 27,000 that have been identified by the Appraisal Institute there are a few more that don't get caught in that uh, in that questionnaire net, so uh, we just call it around thirty thousand. Um, and each of those thirty thousand, we recommend to have one support staff. So thirty thousand appraisers and another thirty thousand staff. That's what we consider a target market. 
Got it. And so obviously, just like many other businesses, you know, likely some of these are small shops, and then you have some that probably have a presence throughout cities. So for you guys, when you're building your product, is this, is this, is real quantum really meant for the small shop? Can it work for the big shop or does it go across the, the whole spectrum there? You know, the beautiful thing about cloud software is it works no matter how many people are using it. So our, our customer size could be one or it could be 500. It doesn't really matter. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got uh, Amazon's planet sized uh, scalability. So we're not going to run out of horsepower anytime soon. Uh, and with that scalability, we're not afraid to take on anything. The, um, uh, the great thing is that uh, a large company can benefit from having so much data collected in one environment where it's many uh, appraisal software users can take advantage of it. On the other end, uh, uh, a small shop, even a one-person shop, can have the finest software that's out there and for a reasonable fee. So, you know, we, we run the whole scale. That's awesome. And so then that data that you're collecting, it sounds like that could be really valuable to investors and realtors, you know, in a, in, you know, maybe in a particular market or, uh, you know, uh, they might be trying to pull comps for buildings that maybe there just haven't been many comps for. And so it sounds like you might have uh, some unique data that you're collecting that would assist them in that. Do you partner with any other companies or realtors or investors to help them uh, do their analysis of properties outside of the appraisal appraisals? Well, so um, first of all, we take our relationships with our customers very seriously. Uh, our customers are important to us and we want to protect them. Uh, that data belongs to our customers. And because of that, we're not sharing that information with anyone without our customer's permission. Um, and um, that's by design, that's by intent. Um, our first objective is to make sure that the appraiser uh, is well cared for in the appraisal practice and the appraisal industry prosper. Got it. Yeah. And I, and I kind of picked up some of the theme of, you know, you know, going through, you know, your, a lot of the copy on your website and reading a few things that security for you guys is a big concern. And oh, yeah. to be honest, I wasn't sure what was being kept secure. I mean, building ownerships is, you know, who owns a building is public. If it's in a, you know, a shell company, you know, a few Google searches and a contact later, I can find out who owns what and, you know, where things are located. Exactly. What, what are you keeping so secure what why is that and also why is that such a focus for you guys right that actually has two dimensions so the first dimension is the confidentiality of the appraisal so the appraisal is um, insider information between uh, a lender and a developer and if that information falls into the wrong hands then something could be done to affect that deal somebody might try to take profit from that deal somebody might try to undermine that deal um, another dimension is the cybersecurity aspect of the problem. So uh, when you think about uh, an appraisal as a document that's changing hands between parties over the internet, um, the conventional way that that happens is, you know, people uh, let uh, Word files and Excel files and PDF files all swim around on their desktops for a while, then they attach them to emails and send them to, uh, to lenders. Um, that's frankly, that's crazy. <laughs> so uh, we don't do I that. Agree. Yeah, we don't do that. But it's uh, it's an, an enormous uh, opening for uh, spear phishing attack, uh, for malware to ride in on any of those interactions and cause serious harm 
uh, to a lender and cause serious harm to the rep to the reputation of an appraiser. Um, we're making sure that uh, we've got as many of those uh, problems covered as possible. Yeah, you're not kidding. I remember uh, for a company I used to work for, the CEO used to say that email is never private. Uh, you know, so as you're sending private documents, you might feel that you're secure, but tell that to the Enron executives who had some of their personal conversations exposed. Right. right. <laughs> and, and that kind of probably plays into the other piece that uh, you guys, you know, you really focused on building up the property or the, excuse me, the, the product in the cloud. It's all cloud-based. It's all web-based. Right. And, you know, obviously this is you guys thinking forward and, you know, the common theme amongst a lot of the companies in the real estate tech space is that uh, it's finally time that real estate catches up. Why isn't everyone already doing this? And really, where was the point where you said, hey, we have to go all in on the cloud? Well, uh, the, uh, the other competitive solutions in the space share the same general framework, same general pattern. They use Excel for their computational engine, and they use Word for their document formatting engine, and they have a remote database where they keep the information uh, uh, for a particular appraisal for a group of property. Um, that's, um, uh, that's a very difficult thing for the average uh, appraisal office to own and operate because there are problems moving data in and out of uh, Excel, problems moving data in and out of Word, there are add-ins, there are versions to manage, uh, there's local data that requires an office server, uh, connectivity issues, um, it's, uh, it, it's very hard for the average office to operate all of that stuff. You've got to be an Excel wizard and a Word wizard. Oh, and by the way, you've also got to be able to maintain your life in a web application. So it's just, uh, it's, a, it's a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could easily see how that could uh, get complicated. You have a lot of numbers and things and different formats for different properties. And I'm going to go ahead and pass and leave that to you guys. Cause that sounds like you're better at solving that problem than I would be. Right. So why hasn't anybody done it before? Cause it's really hard. Yeah. It is really hard. You're putting all of the intelligence that people offload onto Excel, for instance, or onto word you're putting all of that into the application itself. Uh, once it's done, the accuracy is unbeatable. Uh, the security is unbeatable, uh, but it takes a tremendous amount of effort. Yeah, yeah. And, th and that sounds like what that makes really, ha and at the end of the day, it makes the data available to the average person without having to have necessarily a data analyst or someone who specializes in, in pulling data from large pools of numbers or, or different fields of information. So it, it like you said, it makes the job a little bit easier for everybody. Right. It's very difficult for an office to go find work that was done and held in a, uh, in a spreadsheet off in some folder somewhere on a, on a shared drive in the break room server. It's really hard to go find that and reuse it. Whereas in our product, it's all, it's all just a simple search away. Yeah. Yeah, so let, let's, uh, we'll shift the gears here a little bit and talk about where you guys are working. Um, so, what, what are the markets that you guys are focused on going after? Oftentimes I see uh, different services and products. They, you know, they hone in on, you see New York because it's New York and there's no, there's no shortage of real estate to test then anything out on. You've got LA and San Francisco. And then you start seeing places like Seattle. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of uh, 
uh, North Carolina popping up recently, Nashville popping up for all these startups. Uh, but w- what markets are you going after? So we don't, uh, we're not that interested in where our customers are. We're more interested in who our customers are. Hmm. So we're looking right now as a new startup that's been selling since February. We're looking for quick decisions. We're looking for, uh, you know, quick, uh, quick revenue, and we're looking for uh, rapid increase in market share. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, we select our leads and target our leads based on those characteristics. And it doesn't matter if you're in New York or Bismarck, North Dakota. I don't really care. Uh, it, it all comes down to uh, those customers that can make a quick decision, they're early adopters, they, they can catch the vision, um, and um, we're able to help them. You have customers in North Dakota? Uh, Nebraska, I was just throwing that out because it, okay. uh, it started with an N. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, you know, I mean, we say these things. I mean, I know there's commercial real estate everywhere, but I don't ever, I don't know. I just, I, I just envision North Dakota as this blanket of snow with a house every, you know, <laughs> few hundred miles. I'm not, I've not driven through it yet. So maybe, maybe one of these days I'll get to see it in person. Um, so tell me this, so, you know, you've, you've been selling since February, obviously you've, you've been working on the product for some time now, what's been working for you guys to help you guys grow as a company? Um, ask that a different way. So what has been driving the growth for you guys? Oh, so what drives growth? Uh, people are dissatisfied with their current state. Mm. Um, we find time again that people are dissatisfied with the tools that they have at hand, whether it's something that they've purchased, uh, special built for the, for the problem, or they're just doing it with Word and Excel and brute force, um, whatever the situation, uh, we find a lot of dissatisfaction in our user community. Um, those uh, customers that we're trying to help, they just want to step, step in and uh, help them do a better job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then on the other coin of that, I always like to ask people, what's one thing you've tried that maybe didn't go so well, or you realized early on, this isn't going to work and we need to change our approach. <laughs> it's one thing that didn't work well. Let's see. Only one. You don't have to give us all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. <laughs> so, so uh, one thing that didn't work well was trying to roll out a minimum viable product, an MVP. Oh, that's now, interesting. Uh, Let's go down that road. I like that. Yeah, so um, uh, an MVP works very well if you're looking at the whole country or the whole planet as your user community, right? Because you've, uh, you've got people that, um, you know, you can show this product that is completely unsatisfactory. And if they are, uh, if they're upset about it and, uh, it, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, right? You've got an enormous pool of people who are still out there that you'll make happy with your next version. If you're looking at a user community that is uh, 30,000 strong, you can't afford to go out and create a negative reputation by putting out a product that is uh, too ugly or too unusable. So uh, we quickly reevaluated that conventional thinking that, uh, you know, you can have a lean startup, you put out something that's ugly, and then help people will help you refine it into existence. Now, we did come out with a product that was uh, short on some key features that we then had to deliver uh, quickly. But 
what came out was fully formed and fully functional, and it was intended uh, for absolutely every purpose that uh, that the appraisal office required. That's good. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of talk of you know the lean startup has really uh, been ingrained in a lot of people, and the concept of you know to ship today and just you know build it as you go. And I'm certainly you know uh, I kind of uh, uh, I, I adhere to that methodology, but I understand what you're saying here. You know, make sure it does what it needs to do well, and, and not give you a bad reputation. You know, at the same time, that's you can't afford that, especially if you. Imagine you could probably fit everyone who's in your industry in one conference if it's a really big arena. So, <laughs> yeah, you could, uh, you could put everybody in Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, you got to lead the next industry conference. It'll you guys will own the whole thing. Um, so, I want to talk about this piece and get your info. Uh, you know your thoughts on this. We, we've been seeing a lot of increase of attention into real estate tech. Um, you know, some recent announcements from uh, SoftBank announcing a large amount of money that they want to pump into the industry, uh, you know, both domestic and forum, uh, foreign uh, uh, investment companies interested, you know, uh, Fifth Door, obviously, or uh, Fifth Wall, uh, Fifth Door, <laughs> Fifth Wall, obviously investing quite a bit in real estate tech. What do you think it is that's really driving the attention for our industry? Um this is one of those uh, areas of the economy that just hadn't gotten enough attention. So, uh, you know, there's been plenty of disruption, plenty of rethinking across so many industries. Um, uh, commercial real estate uh, as an industry isn't too far from banking itself. And, and banking has been a notoriously conservative area when it comes to technology adoption. Uh, so uh, when, when you look at commercial real estate, particularly in the appraisal function, uh, people have been getting along just fine. They've, their fees have been acceptable. Uh, time to deliver has been acceptable. But now the whole ecosystem is speeding up. Mm. People want to finish deals faster. People want to pay less for an appraisal. Um, people want to be able to uh, run more appraisals in their pipeline. Um, and they're not willing to... Um, to tolerate any backup. So if there's a if there's a backlog in demand for appraisal, then you know lenders have a, a pretty big megaphone when it comes to lobbying on Capitol Hill, uh, and they can get things changed to make that different. Yeah. So uh, the situation is certainly ripe for uh, all manner of improvement, both uh, to benefit the lender and to benefit the appraiser. Yeah. And speaking of funding, are, are you guys uh, bootstrapped, self-funded, or are you have uh, VC interest as well in what you're, gonna, what you're doing? Uh, we're bootstrapped to this point. Uh, we've, had, uh, we've had three investors that have pursued us pretty much since day one, uh, but we weren't prepared to take any money. Um, now that we've gotten to the point where we're, uh, we're prepared to scale this thing out to really blow it out a lot wider, we opened a round of funding uh, about three weeks ago. It's already oversubscribed, and and we're going to close that here in the next two or three weeks. Congratulations on that, by the way. Good for you guys. And uh, if there's people that are still knocking down your door to hand you money, you know, now that you have my name and email, uh, go <laughs> ahead and make that introduction. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just go ahead and relocate to Kansas City. We got all the money you need. I heard they're paying people to move there these days. <laughs> sure. Just, I'll have your check ready. Oh my goodness. That's what all the business insider headlines these days are. Um, 
Well, I want to give you uh, the opportunity to, to give yourself a shout out on something we haven't covered yet before we go into a segment where uh, we get to play a little game. But is there anything that's really important that people need to know about Real Quantum that we haven't yet covered? Um, well, yeah. So um, our company is founded on a principle of caring. And that means that we care about um, our customers, our employees. We care about the industry and we care about the community. And that attitude is pervasive in everything that we do. Um, that's why we give away free content. We, uh, we conduct free webinars. Uh, we consult with people who are calling us um, interested in our product. Uh, we're always giving to the industry because in the end, um, if the commercial real estate industry succeeds, then so do we. Um, that, uh, that same attitude uh, for such a tiny company also is present in every uh, in every touch point that we've got with the uh, local community. So we're heavily involved in teaching uh, kids how to code. Coder Dojo is a big program for us. And our, one of our employees is co-director of that. Um, Kansas City Women in Tech. Um, very cool. Uh, another place that we're, uh, uh, that we're strongly aligned. Um, Economic Development Council of Kansas City. Um, Urban League, Launch Code. So we're tiny. Um, but we punch way above our weight when it comes to uh, responsibility. So as, uh, as I like to say, we're more about making a profit. Uh, we're, as I like to say, you cut that. Let <laughs> 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 me try it again. Uh, we're not just about making a profit. We're about making a difference. <laughs> I love it. I, I really do love it. You know, um, I, I had this, I had this vision when I was a kid that, you know, that, business could be done for social improvements and, and for other reasons outside of just getting rich. And I, I remember the first time I met an entrepreneur who truly embodied that spirit and it, and it had me hooked it's, and it, it, it had me inspired for life. And I'm still in pursuit of that, of fulfilling, you know, my own personal dreams and connections to that. So I, I relate very closely to that and admire uh, that approach. Um, all right, we're going to shift gears into a game I like to call for the future. Uh, these, these are the same four questions I ask every guest, and uh, this is your opportunity to play Nostradamus. Ready to play? <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I'm right, just trying to predict a month from now. <laughs> We're going a little further out that. Uh, what does real quantum look like one year from now? One year from now. Uh, let's see. We'll be, um, uh, we'll be up about six employees. Um, we'll have sales that um, uh, will rival any other product in this space, um, and we will have outgrown our current location. We're looking for a place to expand. All right. And did you want to say that sales number, or are you keeping that one hidden? <laughs> I don't think my sales manager would want me to throw that out. <laughs> Let's just say that, uh, that we're going to double and then redouble. There we go. We'll, we'll, we'll let them off the hook on the accountability here. Yeah, we're still tiny. We got to play it close. <laughs> what will the housing market look like one year from now? You know, we're seeing a whole lot of multifamily coming up uh, here around Kansas City. Really? Um, even, though, even though there's a lot of dirt. We got a lot of dirt to build houses on. Um, we see uh, so much um, multifamily being built and a lot of the urban core uh, and the Midtown regions are, uh, are turning into lofts and condos, uh, lots of really cool areas now. Uh, 
I've been to a lot of places, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Austin, for instance, comes to mind. Um, uh, you'd find Kansas City uh, to at least as a place that's both livable and entertaining uh, to be on par with, if not exceed that. Hmm. So it's a lot like Nashville, but without the uh, without the convention and the tourist opportunities. All the bachelor and bachelorette parties every single night, too. No, seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you haven't experienced Nash Vegas, I want to encourage you to go on go downtown Broadway once and that'll be enough. Uh, <laughs> all right, here's one for you. When will the next big boom or big bust be? Big boom, big bust. Hmm. All right, so um, let me try to constrain that. So the next big boom actually is going to be in... Um, in our area, it's going to be in cloud-based solutions. So uh, we're gonna have a lot of cloud-based solutions that integrate well with uh, complementary products. We're working on some strategic integrations right now that I'm not yet able to talk about. Um, I would blab, but my partners have sworn me to secrecy, <laughs> but we'll be, uh, we'll be integrating with some, uh, some very specialized but highly valuable products uh, in uh, 2018 and 2019, those kinds of integrations, those kinds of uh, consolidations, um, not in companies, but in connectivity, will uh, release the power in the data that exists in this industry. Hmm. Interesting. And That's the last boom. one here. What's uh, a what's bust? Oh, yeah. Did you have a bust? You, you That's have a one? boom. <laughs> There's the You're asking, what's, what's a bust? Uh, so for me, uh, um, I'd say that the bust is, um, uh, in our industry, the small player that relies on Word and Excel to get their appraisal jobs done. Mm. Uh, that's, uh, that's at the end of its life. And I think it's just going to drop, uh, drop off the edge of the table here in the next couple of years. Interesting. That's that kind why of we're really trying to, uh, to get as many people as possible off of those solutions. You'd hate to see a nice mom and pop business go under just because it's using old tech. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think uh, I think many industries are starting to feel that pain of what people said five years ago is actually real and uh, really taking grip. Um, well, let's get to the fourth one here. What's one thing you believe will fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? And you, you kind of touched on one. What's one thing that will fade away? Um, you know, I'd, I'd say the, uh, the concept of a consolidated office. Uh, so the fact that um, uh, a commercial real estate appraisal company exists in one physical location, a big office where uh, people come together to share their work uh, is no longer necessary with the kinds of products that we bring to bear. So. Um, you can spend your time in the field. You can spend your time uh, from your home. You can get your work done from the beach. Uh, you'll see that in one of our blog articles, uh, the traveling appraiser. Uh, we'll need to put that link no somewhere. To pay. Yeah, there's no need anymore to pay for that, uh, for that big office footprint. Uh, it's overhead on a company that you know, really needs to be putting its money somewhere else. It sounds a lot like how EXP Realty has been uh, building out their franchise and, and recruiting their people in by not putting the money into the real estate itself, but actually into the, the people working for them. 
Right. And what better way to attract new talent, uh, young mm -hmm. talent out of school than to give them a working environment that they're uh, not just accustomed to, but coming to expect. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. We're going to, we're going to head into the final wrap up questions here. We have a few more. These are kind of uh, a little bit more personal. Well, not personal, but uh, directly to you. So uh, I'm curious, what are you reading? Books, blogs, websites, what are you reading these days? What do I read? So um, let's see. Uh, most recently, nonfiction. I've been back through some uh, interesting sci-fi like Neuromancer, uh, Burning Chrome. Okay. Um, uh, that's quality stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's really, really fun to go back through. Uh, uh, I do soak up a whole lot of um, uh, business content, uh, mostly do audio, uh, mostly in the car, because mm -hmm. I'm jamming that together between, you know, my various appointments. Uh, all of that has to do with how can I do this CEO thing well and make as few mistakes as possible. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll have to hook you up with a friend of mine who's a sci-fi writer. He's actually, he's, he's brilliant. I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you his name after here. Um, who are you learning from? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm learning uh, a great deal from local uh, VCs and local startup founders uh, because, you know, I can, uh, I can actually sit down with these folks and, uh, and get 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, uh, and they'll, you know, open up their, their past and, and share their future. Uh, they'll tell me about the things that they did well, the things that they did poorly. Uh, uh, it's been uh, an amazement to me to see the way people are willing to share. Uh, if you, you know, just take the time to ask. And um, uh, it's, uh, it's only served to, uh, to encourage me to double down on that same attitude here in the company. So, you know, you'll find me uh, two afternoons in the uh, middle of a Saturday working to mentor startups, um, not-for-profits, you know, any place I can help out. I'm just paying it forward. That's good. And, and, and last one here, what keeps you inspired? Uh, I'm inspired by the, um, uh, the devotion and the determination of the people I see around me every day. Uh, this company is built from uh, an amazing group of core players. Uh, the, um, uh, you know, sometimes I refer to us as the X-Men. Everybody brings their superpower, right? You know, everybody's got one superpower that they bring. Right. Uh, but um, uh, there are other times when uh, I recognize, particularly when we're hiring, that the kind of person we're looking for is not the typical hire that anyone would see. Um, I refer to them as one good break short of awesome, uh, you know, and, and that's kind of hard to, you know, that's hard to write down on, you know, a job or job requirement, but you know, it when you, you know, it when you see it, it usually comes with a story. Uh, so uh, helping those people who have, have that awesomeness in them to let it out uh, is particularly gratifying and it, uh, it keeps me excited to do this work. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mark, thank you so much. Uh, you know, th th this was great. Uh, I love the passion. There's, there's definitely a passion in what you guys do. I love the heart behind your business. Uh, it's just, it's re really refreshing to hear that it's more than just about buildings, dollars and numbers. Uh, it's, that's inspiring to me as a, a 
an entrepreneur and, uh, and one day, you know, hopefully we'll be building the business similar to what you guys got is, uh, making an impact, but I want to give people the opportunity to, uh, find out how do they connect with you? How do they find out more about you guys and, and what you're doing? Oh yeah, sure. So, um, you can, uh, you can come to our website if you're interested in what our company's about, read some of our blog content. If you're in, uh, in the appraisal industry or you want to know what's happening there, uh, we've got some good blog content. Um, uh, if I can help in any way, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty easy to find Mark Davis, uh, Kansas city. I think that ought to be enough to get you there. Um, <laughs> or reach out to me, uh, uh directly. Uh, I'm Mark at realquantum.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from any and everybody that I could possibly help. Uh, I, I, I get off on that kind of thing. I really do just, I live to help people. And this, this company gives me an opportunity to do that. It's, it's a great life. That's good. Yeah. And, and Mark will send you to all those VCs that he's told he doesn't want their money too. <laughs> I've got enough money for now. <laughs> well, Hey, uh, this has been great. Thanks so much uh, for joining us on the tech nest podcast. And I think uh, this was a pretty informative show. And if you've got any questions, just definitely connect with Mark directly either by his email or hit him up on LinkedIn. And until then, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks, David. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the TechNest Podcast. Hey, don't forget you can get on the email list and you never miss an upcoming episode of TechNest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T.io. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the app stores, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think it could be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.